One big issue that affected the Islanders last year, slow starts and inconsistent play. How can the team fix that? We'll discuss that and a lot more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And you can find us now on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked on Islanders. We have got a lot to discuss on today's episode. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We will keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings throughout the rest of this offseason. Hirings, firings, trade rumors, free agency, even minor league signings. If it happens to New York Islanders, We will have it covered for you here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. And what are we, about three weeks away now from the opening of training camp? It is getting closer and closer. One thing I wanted to discuss on today's episode, the New York Islanders, one thing that really did kind of hurt this team last year, uh... We know this team is good enough when they're on their game to play with anybody. And we saw them. We saw them handily defeat, for example, the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche last year, early in the season. We've seen them beat some of the better teams in the league. And even if they didn't beat them, play toe-to-toe, have a very, very good game against some of the better teams in the league, and yet we've also seen this team play down to some of the competition that they faced. When they're going up against, uh, you know, a, a bad team, for example, uh, you know, the Arizona Coyotes, and no offense to Coyotes fans, but they struggled last year, and they were near the bottom of the standings, and yet the Islanders had trouble in both of their games with Arizona winning. And then There was also the issue of inconsistency within games. And how often did we see, for example, that 
the New York Islanders got off to a slow start. That the game started at 7:10 p.m. Eastern time, and all of a sudden, five, six, eight minutes into the game, the shots on goal were nine to one against the Islanders. They were losing one nothing, and it just looked like the team wasn't ready to start the game. And I think that's particularly frustrating because this Islanders team is so full of veterans. And you sort of look at the lineup, and yeah, okay, last year, Lane Lambert was a rookie head coach. He had been an assistant under Barry Trotz for, what, about a decade? We know he knows the league, the players. He knows the system he wanted to play. He's experienced as an assistant. But look, there is always a difference between being the guy who makes suggestions or runs the power play or is in charge of one particular aspect and being the guy who makes the final decisions, there is a difference. And clearly, for Lane Lambert, as experienced as he is, this past year was a learning experience and an adjustment. But the roster, the Islanders' roster, is full of veteran players. And, you you know, you sort of go up and down the lineup. And, look, you had Anders Lee, over 30, Brock Nelson, J.G. Pajot, Kyle Palmieri, Casey Sezikis, Cal Clutterbuck, Matt Martin. Uh, All of those players, and then you added last year Zach Parise, are 30 or older. These guys understand what it takes to be successful in the National Hockey League. They know you got to play a 60-minute game. And again, there is a difference in my mind between saying, okay, for a five-minute period, your team was outplayed. That's going to happen. There's going to be ebbs and flows in a game. There's going to be a few minutes where you spend five out of six minutes in the offensive zone, you set up an attack, you put pressure on the opposing goalie, and then there's going to be times when the opposing team does that to you. That's part of the ebbs and flows of a hockey game. But it's one thing to say we were outplayed for five minutes in a game, and it's another thing to say we didn't look like we were ready to start this game. And I think too often for the New York Islanders, we saw that happening last season. And with a veteran team like the Islanders have, I don't think it's something we should have seen very often, if at all. So if you're Lane Lambert, how do you fix this issue? And, look, one thing that I've noticed, Lane Lambert and before him, really, Barry Trotz, both of them liked to start the game with a hot line. Sometimes the default was the identity line. Get those guys out there to set the tone. Let them go out and bang some bodies, hit people, forecheck, set 
the pace that you want to set for the upcoming game, and you've got that situation covered. That makes a certain amount of sense. Other times, they would go with the hotline. Last year, for example, down the stretch, we'd see a lot of Brock Nelson, Pierre Engvall, and Kyle Palmieri because they were being productive. But overall, I think, one of the things you need to do to fix the slow start aspect of it is set the tone on the first shift. And to me, starting the identity line makes a certain amount of sense if, and again, it may very well be a big if, but if you're going to get guys who are going to go out there and actually do that, to be physical on that first shift, to deliberately deliver some hits, some aggressive forechecking, don't take a penalty, but set the emotional tone, live up to the moniker of the identity line. And, you know, this is probably the last year that Sezikis, Martin, and Clutterbuck are going to be a unit. To me, having them go out and set the tone by playing their style of hockey early on and just being aggressive not taking penalties, but being aggressive, being physical, being uh, players who show the rest of the team, this is how we want to play the game tonight. To me, that is one way that Lane Lambert can try to eliminate those slow starts that we saw so often. And look, there's a lot more to it. We're going to discuss it a little bit more on the show we've got that our islanders birthday of the day one of the best scorers in islanders history after the dynasty years and uh we'll discuss isaiah george's future with the islanders all that and a lot more still to come on today's locked on islanders podcast today's episode is brought to you by fanduel Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. That means that you can follow your favorite team even if you don't live in their area. So if you live on Long Island, for example, and you're a, not a Jet or Giant fan, you could follow your favorite team by getting NFL Sunday ticket. Or if you're an out-of-town native Long Islander or New Yorker and you want to follow the Jets or Giants, you could do that too. So now is the best time to join FanDuel, the app that's easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So those slow spots that the Islanders came up with, I think, again, one way to sort of fix that is to set the tone, is to have the identity line or the hottest line you've got out there to start a game and if they go out and play well in that first shift, 
you set the tone by having that line out there. But I think, you know, the other thing is this. The Islanders have some players now in this lineup who have different skill sets. And I think it's time for Lane Lambert to get those players out there on the ice in a more proactive way. And whether it's guys like Pierre Engvall and Julian Gauthier who add a speed element that this team doesn't necessarily have up and down the lineup, add Matthew Barzal, obviously, to that list. I think your leadership group has to step up, whether that's Anders Lee, the captain, who I know a lot of people were a bit critical of last year uh, for his play down the stretch. Getting Lee out there to set the emotional tone, I think that's something he didn't do as well last year down the stretch as he could have. He's got to pick it up a little bit this year. Having your top defensive pair, whether it's Ryan Pollock and Adam Pellick, if they're both healthy, getting them out there to try to slow down uh, an opposing team's attack if they start to spend a lot of time in the zone. (coughs) Getting your best players out to do what they do best. Even if, you know, even if to me, if Pellick and Pollock are not necessarily together as a pairing for most of the game, sending them out there for one or two shifts when the team is struggling a little bit, just to get the puck out of the defensive zone better and be able to transition from defense to offense, to me, that has to be part of it. Getting uh, Bo Horvat a little bit more involved. I think, you know, Horvat will probably wear an A this year on his jersey. That's my guess, probably replacing Josh Bailey in that area. But getting him on the ice to try to rally his teammates and get his teammates ready to you know, change the game, maybe, maybe, if you have a Ross Johnston on the roster and active for a game, sending him out for a shift to be physical, doesn't necessarily have to start a fight, but at least, you know, hit some people and create some momentum for your team. I think Alexander Romanov (coughs) can also accomplish that under the right circumstances. Scott Mayfield maybe can. These are different things that I think that, you know, Lane Lambert has to try in order to change the momentum when the team starts to struggle a little bit. And one more year of experience under his belt, I think, is going to help Lane Lambert adjust to these kind of situations when they come up, and they will come up. Look, again, no team dominates, even the Boston Bruins last year, who set a new NHL record for points in a season. They had stretches where they were just plain, flat out, outplayed. And how a coach handles it, to me, if Lane Lambert wants to take the next step, in his development as an NHL, a successful NHL head coach. This is one of the things he needs to figure out. And Lambert, you know, there were a lot of 
good things in his first year as a head coach, and there were some things that he needed to do better. I think the fact that this team was as inconsistent as they were a year ago works against Lambert, that too many times they didn't seem ready to start games or had parts of periods, sometimes even up to half a period, where they were just not clicking and couldn't get out of the funk. I think that worked against him. But the fact that this team never seemed to quit, had a few dramatic comebacks, always seemed to find a way to to correct it eventually, worked in Lane Lambert's favor. But in order to take that next step, in order to go from an inexperienced but potentially good head coach to a respected and good head coach, and then maybe even down the road to better than a good head coach, He's got to figure out more ways to to get out of these funks, these periods within the game where this team just doesn't seem to be energized and caring enough. And with a veteran team, you would think they should know what to do, that they, you know, have been there and done that. But coaching is always part of it. And I think last year, having a rookie head coach was one of the factors in why this team had so many gaps in the way they played and so many points where either they weren't ready to start the game or they played poorly for long stretches during a game. And that has to change this year. You know, we've talked every day is no. We have talked extensively about what this team needs to do in order to improve. And the roster isn't significantly different than it was a year ago. But one of the ways they can improve is to reduce the inconsistency that we saw way too often last season. And having Lane Lambert take that next step in his development as a head coach to me, is one of the ways you effectively get that done. And now it's up to Lambert, and I think some of the veteran players on this team should be able to help as well, but it's got to change. It's got to get done. It's got to happen because every point this year is going to be precious. We already know Ottawa and Buffalo and Detroit are gunning for improvement in the Atlantic Division. We know Pittsburgh got better after the Eric Carlson trade. We know that Columbus got better. And go back and see Friday's crossover episode with Locked On Blue Jackets. Uh, Every day, as you know, you watched that. And the Blue Jackets dealt with a lot of injuries last year. They made some moves, and they should be healthy again. So they should be better. It's not going to be easy for the Islanders to make the playoffs, and every point in the standings is going to be vital. Having games where you, in the first eight minutes, are outshot seven or eight to one, not going to work if it happens with any kind of frequency. Having periods or half periods where you're just dominated and can't snap out of it, not going to help this team in the long run. This is something that the team needs to nip in the bud 
before the season gets too far along, it they never really fixed it entirely last year, although down the stretch they were better. Let's hope that Lane Lambert and company find a way to do it this year because it is going to be one of the key ways, in my mind, that this team can improve from within. We have got more to get to on today's show. We continue our look at Islanders prospects with a look at defenseman Isaiah George. Plus, uh, we're going to talk about one of the Islanders' best goal scorers after the dynasty years, a player who once scored 58 goals in the early 90s. We'll talk about him. He's our Islanders' birthday of the day. That and a lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So we continue our look at some of the Islanders' better players in the prospect pool. I know our prospect pool is not the deepest right now, but I I think that there are some players out there who can help the New York Islanders down the line, and uh, we're going to see how each of them play out today. We focus on defenseman Isaiah George. Uh, George drafted back in 2022 with the 98th overall pick. He is 6 feet, 195 pounds, and plays a defenseman shooting left-handed. And to me, you know, Isaiah George, fourth-round pick, But last year for the London Knights, again, consistency, seven goals, 22 points, a plus 23 ranking for the second year in a row. And he only played 54 games. So the previous year for London, he had 23 points in 67 games. Last year, he had 22 points in 54. And, you know, the thing about Isaiah George, he is a mobile defenseman. He plays a, a nice role in juniors. He He's a good skater and has a good shot from the point. Not outstanding. Again, his offense, his vision, it's okay, but not outstanding. But the key is that he is a solid two-way defenseman who because of his mobility, can probably be a good player to help the transition game. Going from defense to offense, I could see Isaiah George skating the puck out, similar to what Nick Letty used to do, and helping this team get out of the defensive zone and start the attack. He still needs to improve in some areas. I think that, you know, we're still looking at a guy who's probably... A third-pairing defenseman, if things break right and his game improves, he could move up to maybe a second-pair guy. But I I like certain aspects of his game and whether the Oakville, Ontario native can improve that little bit more, that remains to be seen. Now, I, I think he, right now, he's 19. He'll turn 20 in February and... Whether he earns a spot in Bridgeport or stays with London is going to be a key to the speed of his development. I would like to see him 
uh, in Bridgeport this year, but it remains to be seen whether or not he can do it. I, I like the transition game the most. He's not particularly big. I like the way he uses his stick defensively and his skating ability. He, again, is not a shutdown defender, but he's a solid defensive player, and I think eventually he could be an asset. He's probably two years away minimum, but again, one step at a time, and I think Isaiah George has the potential to be with the Islanders at some point in the future. We'll certainly keep an eye on him going forward, and, and hopefully he gets a look in camp. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, today is the 54th birthday of former Islanders center Pierre Turgeon. Turgeon acquired, well, originally drafted first overall by the Buffalo Sabres back in 1987. First round, first overall pick. Played for the Sabres right away in 87-88 and had 34 goals by his second season in the NHL and 40 in his third season. His best year came as a New York Islander. 1992-93, he was dominant. 58 goals and 132 points. And then on that playoff run, 11 games. He was injured, obviously, by Dale Hunter. We all know that vicious cheap shot. But he still had 6 goals and 13 points in 11 games. Missed, I believe it was seven games, and had he been able to play and been 100% healthy, I think it's very possible the Islanders get past the Canadiens and get to the Stanley Cup Final in 1993. In 94-95, he was traded at or near the deadline to the Canadiens, later played for the Blues, the Stars, and the Avalanche. Just a, a great player, skater, and playmaker, and boy, could he put the puck in the net. His best game as an Islander, there were so many good ones. We're going to focus on April 16th, 1993, very late season game. Islanders hosting the New Jersey Devils at the Nassau Coliseum. The Devils using both Craig Billington and Chris Terreri in this game. Mark Fitzpatrick, the goalie for the New York Islanders, and boy, the Islanders fighting for that eighth uh, for, for a playoff spot down the stretch in 1993, a year that, you know, they kind of snuck into the playoffs and then really took off at the right time. But in this game, a hat trick for Pierre Turgeon. He opened the scoring at 4-11 of the first period with an unassisted goal. Scored again in the early third period with another unassisted goal, and then finished it up with a goal midway through the third period with Derek King and Rich Pilon assisting. That gave him 58 goals on the season, and uh, that is where he finished. But with the hat trick, he helps the Islanders get past New Jersey by a score of 8-4. to four. You add... In this one, two goals for Steve Thomas, Brad Delgarno, and Derek King, and Vladimir Malakov, each with two assists as the Islanders win it 8-4. 29 saves for Mark Fitzpatrick. Pierre Turgeon 
so dangerous, so talented, so good. He is our Islanders birthday of the day. I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every dayers, first of all, we're going back to a three-show-a-week schedule, so it'll be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday this week. And we're going to do another crossover episode on Wednesday, this one with Rachel Donner of Locked On Flyers. So we'll discuss that rivalry and, uh, you know, get another different perspective on the Islanders and the Flyers on Wednesday's show. So make sure you join us for that. Until then, stay safe, everybody. Have a great day. And of course, let's go Islanders.